Good news, NFL fans. DirecTV has expanded NFL Sunday Ticket this season. If you live in an area where DirecTV service is not available, you can now get NFL Sunday Ticket without a satellite. Uh, NFL Sunday Ticket is the best thing that happened in my life. Maybe ever. <laughs> uh, to see if you are eligible, go online to NFLSundayTicket.tv and stream every NFL Sunday Ticket game this season to follow your favorite team no matter where you live. I did this all of last year and it was magical. Uh, use promo code RINGER at checkout to save 15%. And exclusive student discounts are also available. Hello! And welcome to the Danacy Football Podcast. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by my co-host and co-Danny <laughs> in the studio! Yes. Danny Kelly. What's happening? What's up, DK? I'm in LA. You are. This City is so exciting. Yes, I love it. We can actually look at each other now. Yeah, it's nice. Although, like a... we definitely messed up the intro, even though we're staring at each other in studio. Should we try again? No, let's just roll. Oh. Let's go. Let's do this. The DK behind the scenes like, uh, actually moved to crush the thing where we simultaneously say the Danacy football <laughs> podcast. He just was like... Yeah, we can't We can't be doing that. That's It's too hard to nail it perfectly <laughs> anyway, first of all. You just didn't like it. Yeah, that's um, also... Also rattled that Jim said that my hello sounds like the that Seinfeld episode, so that was really just... It does. <laughs> it sounds just like the belly button thing. Hello! Uh, oh, that really is in my head now. Uh, <laughs> we're still... Yeah, we'll, anyway, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get at it. the end of the pod, we're going to be joined by our editor, Riley McAtee, who is behind uh, what Bill Simmons called the most important August fantasy football column of this year. But our first segment for today, it's about trust. <laughs> <laughs> And trust is difficult, but we had a couple guys each that we wanted to talk about. Just We called them thank-me-later guys, which guys that we're just confident for where they're going and what they're going to do this season. Just, yeah. just take them. And it's also they're good values, too. I mean, it's not exactly. just they're going to blow everything up, but like they're flying under the radar a little bit. Exactly. And at the end, as a friend Aubrey would say, right, Jim? Can we get the Drake sound drop? Jim doesn't like Drake, apparently. So. You, you could thank me now, and oh my goodness, you're yes. welcome. welcome. <laughs> At this point, me uh, we actually traded the sound drop in exchange. We're not allowed to say washed anymore, DK. That was the trade I made. Jim said he's going to bleep out if we say washed ever again. So, uh, anyway, do you do you want to start, DK? All right. I'll, yeah, I'll get it going. Okay, so, my so, first guy to thank me later is go out and get Kenny Stills, Dolphins. Really? I think... No one's excited about the Dolphins' offense right now, and yeah, for no. a pretty good reason for that. But <laughs> there's just so much volume that's still available right now, or that that Stills can take up from. You know, Landry's gone. He, he had tons and tons of targets last year. You know, most of it came from the slot, but I think they're going to kind of spread the ball around a little bit more. Right now, according to Fantasy Pros, Stills is wide receiver 48, and he's going somewhere around 119. So he's he's really flying under the radar. Like people aren't too excited about him. But, like I said, there's 290 vacated targets. Got that number from Road World. His target rate has grown every year, so he's he's gotten better. And I think that he's one of the guys that Tannehill's going to really trust in that offense. I think, you know, they've got Danny Amendola's new there. They've got a couple different free agent guys that they're going to kind of try and take up some of those targets that are vacated now. But I think Stills is going to turn into like kind of the go-to guy in that offense. And I, I don't have any faith in Devontae Parker right now. <laughs> uh, th- that's actually—I always think about running backs, and like sometimes you have to not be afraid to take a running back in like a really unexciting backfield. And oh, yeah. this is almost 
the receiving version of it is I think that might be the least exciting passing game. But you're right. Like that is there's such a wild amount of opportunity there. And he was pretty good last year anyway. I mean, he's a solid player. He's definitely, you know, got talent. He's very, very fast. Last year he had 105 targets, in fact, and he caught six touchdowns. So, I mean, it's not like he's a bad player and just you're going for volume. I think it's a combination of he's a pretty solid player and he's going to get a ton of volume. So right now, and, and if you look at just like where people are taking him, it's just way too late. And so I think he's yeah, going to outplay that. I was going to say, it's kind of wild. He's hovering right around uh, 120th overall-ish, depending mm-hmm. where you look in PPR, which it's kind of it's kind of wild. I mean, <laughs> right. like Patrick Mahomes, who we love, but quarterback 16 and a deep quarterback here is going ahead of him. Like, yeah. Uh, it's kind of egregious. That's a pretty fantastic late round guy. It's kind of, and it's kind of funny because everyone talks about Devontae Parker, former first rounder, you know, big guy, red zone target. But he really just he's been everybody's favorite like sleeper every year. I think for the last couple of years, I just finally am just done with it. <laughs> and so I think Landry's going to be the guy that kind of just picks up. Or sorry, Stills is going to be the good the guy that picks up Landry's you know slack. And so uh, I think he's going to be a guy I'm targeting. Okay. Uh, I'm in on that. All right. My guy, uh, even more boring than the Dolphins and Ryan Tannehill. Alex Smith. Oh, I think you're right on this. Alex Smith. Okay. So this is kind of one of those things like you almost have to take the names out of it and just remove your preconceived conceptions because, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think at this point most people are hopefully understanding like, you know, he was a check down artist in Kansas City and stuff and he had never been uh, above 14th in fantasy football scoring. Yeah. And then he was fourth last year, and he became Alex Smith. Became the he the, was a deep ball passer. Last he was year. the best yeah. deep ball passer in all of football by a couple different metrics. Right, but that's just the product of the greater change they made in Kansas City's offense. That was Andy Reid came in in 2013, and at four years they just had a super conservative offense that was about field position, never always winning the turnover battle. Right, and he flipped his thing, but they flipped the whole model in 2017, and Alex Smith proved he can do that. So the takeaway shouldn't be, oh, Alex, like. Alex Smith is going to keep, he's going to regress back to where he's always been. And like, you know, the one year is an outlier. That's not it. What he's, what Alex Smith proved is he can do what the coaches ask of him, whether that's being a check down game manager or like, no, he can be a deep threat. And here's the thing that really actually kind of convinced me is it's not really representative to look at his past performance with the Chiefs. So I was looking at Jay Gruden and it's like, yeah, well, he finished fourth. Well, Kirk Cousins finished sixth last year. And the year before that, Kirk Cousins finished fifth. Yep. And the year before that, Kirk Cousins finished ninth. So you're talking about a quarterback who Jay Gruden's offense has been ninth, fifth, and sixth in the last three years for fan- among fantasy scoring. Right. And then everyone in the Redskins is whispering that, like, shh, Alex Smith is better than Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and, like, none of them will yeah. say they didn't like Kirk Cousins. Yeah, no, they're just kind of like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's like he's like, it's all those, like, little quotes that are a little, like, more biting. Just needling. Yeah, because yeah, there's training camp quotes that are like, oh, man, yeah, he's great. He does. And then there's, like, the, like the pump them up stuff, right. but then there's like the like the it's stuff shade. like wow, it's where it's shade. like yeah. this is what a real quarterback's like, you know what I mean? Right. And it's wild to me. He's going twentieth among quarterbacks. Interesting. And uh, we talk so much about waiting and then grabbing two guys later than Aaron Rodgers in the fourth round. And to me, like Alex Smith, for me, he has to be one of those guys because I think that, yeah. of all the candidates to crack into the top eight or so, Mahomes is like a sexier one, Mariota is a sexier one, but Alex Smith is like a no brainer. I think that's smart, and I think. A lot of it probably does kind of come down to, you know, how do they do health-wise? If that offensive line can stay healthy, they'll be okay. Obviously, they already lost Geis, and so now that potentially makes them lean on the pass a little bit more, which is good for fantasy in terms of Alex Smith. So, yeah, I like I like that. I, I hope Jordan Reed can stay healthy because that will help him a lot. Well, he won't. 
Well, I'm sorry. That's mean. I don't like to. But say I that. do. I, I I do think that's, that's a smart. I think that's a smart pick, and I, I like that a lot. So let's move on to my second one, which is John Ross of the Bengals. Are you? Do you want to like take this back? No. This I, is about trust. I'm going all in. <laughs> DK. No. To me, it's again. It, it, it's about opportunity. And if you look at the Bengals at their pass catching core, it's they they got rid of Brandon LaFell. LaFell had LaFell's averaged 98 targets a year in the last two years. Like, is that the quietest almost 100 target guy in the NFL right there? That could be his like middle name. And so I think that shows since they released him, I think that shows a lot of trust in Ross. I think he's lit up. I think training camp and preseason obviously didn't light up preseason yet, but he's they've shown a lot of confidence in him. I think he's a really good player. Can I push back for a moment? Yeah. For a guy that ran like a 4.19 or whatever, a 40-yard <laughs> dash, uh, if he was not lighting up training camp, what is he on an NFL field for? And do you remember like week yeah. 13 or whatever when the Bengals staff was so concerned about him? They're like, you know, we might make him a cornerback. And that, I'm just like, I, I can't think of a bigger red flag for a, for a dude. So, <laughs> All right, well— you're gonna, having say, you're not going to thank me later because you're not taking him. Then is that what? Well, going no. On? I mean, in your defense, I mean he's going. Um, he's completely undrafted, so he's a late round flyer. Right. I think. I just think if you like, right now he's running as the number two receiver behind AJ Green, and there's a lot of targets to be had there. Could he get hurt, or could he, you know, have the type of rookie year that he had last year? It definitely gives you the pause. But I like Ross. I think he's a really good player. I think in this offense, he's going to be. You know, they're going to give him the ball in this offense. And like you said, right now he's wide receiver 76. Like, he's a late-round flyer. Just take a, take a flyer on him. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. I'm good. All right. Um, my last one real quick is, uh, uh, this is my um, fantasy weakness, Ty Montgomery mm-hmm. on the Packers. Uh, converted wide receiver, still wears 88, which really pisses some uh, writers that's off. Some, that's, that's a thing. I yeah. know uh, Andy Benoit, Sports Illustrated, always brings this up in his columns, saying how he hates the. He doesn't 88. like that. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> he's the he was so through uh, a month. He was a run. He was a running back one through September. He was playing through a wrist injury while he was in the process of being converted from wide receiver to running back, which he did in like a summer, and that's really hard. Yeah, while playing through a broken wrist or a, yeah broken wrist and was like the eighth best running back in football. And then he added a rib injury, which sucks because you're already going to have to, as a receiver, you're already going to face, you know, questions about toughness and durability. Right. And then you had a rib injury, which is famous. You know, getting, it sucks to hurt your ribs. Hurts. <laughs> it's yeah. like a pain tolerance thing. But <laughs> <laughs> And it, it he actually talked this summer about he, how he was upset about that because he came back, re-hurt the ribs. But what end, ended his season actually wasn't the ribs. It was his wrist. He had to get surgery on the wrist. Mm. And he felt that he had faced a lot of questions about his toughness and durability that was kind of unfair and then compounded by Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Right. Now, those guys are very uh, well-discussed. Aaron Jones is going around 110th-ish. So is Ty Montgomery and PPR. And then Jamal Williams is actually going about 10 spots higher. Depends where you look, which is weird. Uh but I think Ty Montgomery is an unbelievable value, especially in PPR, which Riley McAtee, our editor, will be joining us later to shred. Uh, <laughs> but especially in PPR, the reason I love Ty Montgomery is not just that I think he might be the best running back among Jones and Williams. He had a much lower yards per carry, but 
the way the Packers do their offense, he's so versatile. Yeah. And he doesn't have to come off the field. A lot of times, if you're betting on a running back later, you're kind of betting intrinsically like against the other guys in the backfield. Like right. like Kalen Balaj, you're kind of betting against Kenyon Drake. Yeah. And this one, I don't see it that way. It's kind of like Alvin Kamara doesn't have to come off when Mark Ingram comes on for the Saints. That's like what you want in those top flight guys is someone who it doesn't matter who's on the field. Yeah. They can do anything. The virtue of being a converted wide receiver running back who can do anything, run any route, and also run between the tackles way better than he should be capable of is he can always be on the field. And as a macro trend where the entire league is trending toward players who can do everything on the field, to get that in the 11th round is an unbelievable value. And I just, I, I that's like my fantasy weakness. I wrote about Montgomery when he first kind of converted to running back, and he's a legitimate running back. Like, he's really actually good at, like, running. <laughs> you know, like, because a lot of guys, it's like, oh, they'll convert him because he's athletic or whatever. But he's a legitimate running back. He's got balance. He's got vision. You know, he, he's good, like you said, yeah, he's through, good. The, it's through the tackles. And so I, I like that. I like that a lot. So he's incredible, um, and I love him. Uh, <laughs> okay, so before we move on, uh, let's take a quick break. For over 20 years, DirecTV has been the exclusive home to NFL Sunday Ticket, the only way to get every live game every Sunday. Good news, NFL fans. DirecTV has expanded the service. If you live in an apartment or an area where DirecTV service is not available, you can now get NFL Sunday Ticket without a satellite. To see if you're eligible, go online to nflsundayticket.tv and stream every NFL Sunday Ticket game this season to follow your favorite team no matter where you live. Use promo code RINGER at checkout to save 15%. Exclusive student discounts also available. You owe it to yourself to experience the comfort and quality of a Burrow couch. Once you experience Burrow, your relationship with your couch will never be the same. I know this because I and Shocker assembled all the Burrows in the Ringer office. Uh, <laughs> Burrow brings style and comfort to a whole new level and ships to your door fast and free. Burrow sofas are ergonomically designed and so comfortable, we slept on them after we <laughs> assembled them, as was our right. Uh, customize your Burrow sofa to match your style by selecting the color, size, armrest, height, and light color. It even comes with a built-in USB charger, which is awesome, and enjoy 30 days of cozy on your comfortable Burrow, risk-free, or try out Burrow at one of their partner showrooms today. Customize your own Burrow and get $75 off your order by going to burrow.com NFL. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash NFL for $75 off your purchase. Burrow makes the luxury couch for real life. All right, DK. Now we're going to do Intrigued or Deterred because uh, buy or sell is just overdone. Way overused, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't, buying the selling commitments intrigue <laughs> is something that you can change <laughs> and go. be fluid. And I, you know, commitment. Ugh. So, so these are kind of a little bit more newsy type things. Like what's happening? What, what are these guys doing that's making us kind of like um, think twice or start to really get more intrigued? Like you said, so let's, let's just get right into them. Who's your first guy that you're intrigued with? All right. So the first guy is, I'm already breaking the rules. First guys I'm intrigued with, uh, Marquise Goodwin <laughs> and Pierre Garcon mm-hmm. in San Francisco. Um, Marquise Goodwin's being drafted, depending where you look, 110th-ish, 113th-ish. Um, That's kind of crazy. Pierre Garçon, yeah, Pierre Garçon's earlier, actually, he's in, like, actually, Chris Hogan range. Uh, oh. <laughs> at around, like, 64, 70, depending where you look. But this is nuts to me. This is wild. I mean, Pierre Garçon, first of all, they're complementary, so they're not guys that are going to eat each other um, in terms of volume. Right. Like, Pierre Garçon is a, he's older, he's 32, but he's a crisp Sharp route runner, unbelievable hands. He's led the league in receptions. And, like, he is 
the perfect kind of PPR option, and he's older, but like has had success in Kyle Shanahan's offense in the past. And Marquise Goodwin is a burner, and like doubled all his career numbers last year. And football wise, if you would all buy into the Shanahanissance. Uh, do we have a word for this yet? I don't know. But ben Tono. If every smart person thinks that Kyle Shannon's like the future of football and the 49ers are going to be amazing and Jimmy GQ is like the, you know, the Lord of the Bay or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't understand how the two most logical pass catchers are being treated like 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 That's, seventh round options yeah. and Marquise Goodwin's like outside the top hundred. Like in terms of just gambles, if you would all believe in Jimmy Garoppolo, you should be in on these receivers, and it just, I, I don't really get it. It might be kind of one of those things where no one can decide who's going to be the number one guy. I think Goodwin's going to be... He's an amazing, he's a better I think value. he's going to be the number one guy. I I really liked him at the end of last year. He was, he became a complete receiver. He was not just a deep threat. He was, you know, I think he was their top targeted guy in the red zone for, at least for the second half of the year when Garoppolo was in there or whatever, and you know, he just he turned into an all-around good receiver. I like him a lot. I think that's a great and value. Every beat reporter, including ESPN's Nick Wagner, uh, keeps keeps saying over and over that he's Garoppolo's favorite target in training yeah. camp. So I think he uh, is their go-to guy, and that's uh, going to be you know. I yeah. think that if you this right now, his value is amazing. So yeah, we'll see if that it's goes up. Glaring. But, okay. What about you? Who's so intriguing? my first guy right now, and and I think that. It's kind of, the rookie running back class has kind of taken some hits over the last you know couple of days. Obviously, Rashad Penny broke his hand. Um, you know, I think Saquon's a little bit banged up right now. There's some issues going on in that class. But don't did you just say Saquon's bad? He is fine. He's got a hamstring. Tweaked his hammy. <laughs> How dare you? All right. Well, he'll be fine. Right yes, now, he, I'm a little be more. Fine. I'm a little more worried about Ronald Jones in, in Tampa Bay. I think. The kind of impression I've gotten out of camp there is that he's struggling a lot, especially in third down, uh, pass pro, and and just being a pass catcher. I think right now, from all the beat writers that you see, Peyton Barber is like the go. The, he's their he's their starter. You know, there's still a long time to go, but I think if you're still kind of banking on the fact that Jones is going to be this bell cow guy who has a ton of volume this year, I think you could be disappointed. So Barber right now is running back fifty three. You know, he's he's a late-round guy. And so just take a flyer on this guy. I really – I think he's he's got a chance to be their starter if, if Jones struggles as a rookie. You know what blew my doors off hmm. this morning was I saw that – I was looking at success rate on Football Outsiders, uh-huh. and uh, Ezekiel Elliott was two. Peyton Barber was three. Interesting. I didn't <laughs> that know that. blew my doors that off. Just I started watching me, yeah. Peyton Barber highlights. <laughs> so, yeah, actually – I mean, he he could legitimately win the starting job. I don't think that they have any, you know, it's not like they are banking on Ronald Jones to be their yeah, you know, and he's, savior or whatever. And he's another guy that's going borderline undrafted now, which will change if you're drafting even a week from now. Um, but regardless, it's unlikely he'll shoot up enough that he won't be valuable. He's right. one of those guys that really awesome late round. Okay. Next guy, I this is less of a numbers-based thing, but I Kalen Balaj got kicked out of the huddle by Ryan Tannehill, <laughs> and this kind of made rounds. Everyone thought this was bad, and I kind of thought it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, this just, to me, is like the most classic, like, Kalen Balaj has usurped Kenyon Drake for the starting job by week <laughs> eight, and everyone looks around like, you know, that moment he got, he got kicked, kicked out, out of the huddle. That's when he really, that was his turning point, and he yeah. changed, and that's where the moment when he rebounded, and his attitude since then has been amazing. And, you love um, that narrative, don't uh, you? I, yeah, it's all about narrative. But, <laughs> no, I, I think the Kenyon Drake thing kind of depends on, a lot of people think his talent, he's explosive, really comes down to how much volume do you think he's going to get. Right. Kalen Balaj is talented, and I saw that, and I was kind of 
I didn't think it was such a negative. I don't. A lot of people seem to be very out on him after that, but I, I wouldn't. Well, there's, you know, there is the kind of thought that hearing bad press like that will have people kind of get scared away from him, and exactly. so you could probably actually get him a little bit lower now. So that's definitely interesting. Yeah. I, I really like Kenyon Drake, but I kind of do wonder, like you, if he can be a whatever it is, 200 carry guy. Like, cause we, we just haven't really seen him have that kind of volume. He's too risky for me at the Valley right now. He's going around 37th overall. Some people, I think Riley actually is one who's coming on in a second is one of the people who'll say that he's, he is someone who could break into RB2 territory and be like a 15th pick next year. And I just, I think there's too much fear that he, he had, he had hits. 133 carries last year. So that's pretty solid. I, I mean, he's a really, really explosive guy. I remember he was like super sparked up coming out of college and, I think he's a great athlete, but again, it's it's just a matter of how much how much volume do you think he can get. So I like that. And Balaj has gotten a lot of hype in terms of his athleticism too. And you know, he he had one I think big run in their in their preseason game. It's it's this simple to me. I just would rather have Kalen Balaj literally undrafted way or, or on, wa- on on waivers the week after the, my draft than Kenyon Drake, thirty fifth overall. Anyway, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, uh, Dolphins. Who else is catching your eye? And by eye, I mean intrigue. Well, I mean, I've been kind of a Carlos Hyde stand for a while here. And so I was you always, have. I, I've been wondering kind of how it's going to shake out in Cleveland. You know, obviously they signed him to a deal and then they drafted Nick Chubb. And, and people, I think, got really excited about Nick Chubb because he was a great college runner. And Hyde is still going ahead of Chubb. But I think if you look at Chubb's first preseason game, he really kind of struggled to find any room to run. He just did not have a great game. It's kind of starting to make me think I like Hyde a little bit more. Because, like, right now, you have to sort of decide who you like between the two of them. Did you see the light come out of Chubb's eyes when he didn't get recognized at the airport hard knocks? (laughs) (laughs) He's at the airport. The guy's like, who are you? And he's like, oh, you you play play for the— Yeah, you play ball. He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, for who? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Um, guy. Um, But, yeah, no, so I'm I'm just kind of— I don't know. The whole Browns situation is definitely really volatile. It, people talk all the time now, not all the time, it's for the week, <laughs> about the Browns having multiple good quarterbacks. Uh, and people's like, oh my God, they have they have three really good running backs. Yeah. Um, Duke Johnson. Yeah, Duke Johnson's awesome. It's, yeah. But none of them have like the right role because you think Chubb and Hyde kind of cannibalize each other. Duke Johnson's ideal role is like as someone who can like motion receiver, out in the yeah. slot and it's like suddenly Jarvis Landry is getting 50 million guaranteed to do. Like it's they have a lot of overlapping talent, which is not something we've ever associated with Cleveland but yeah um well right now Chubb right now Hyde is RB34 Duke Johnson's RB38 and Chubb is RB39 and if so, anyone gets hurt in that backfield the other two guys kind of yeah so, so I just I personally am just like I like Hyde's game I think he's yeah. a really good player I think he's versatile and so I'm just kind of just keeping my on eye on that situation so he's he's intriguing me right now okay and then uh moving on to deterred yeah who's your first, uh, who's your guy I got <laughs> okay. So we talked before about the Packers, and as much as I love Tymont, you know, go, Jamal Williams is going ten spots ahead of Tymont and Aaron Jones, going on average one spot ahead of them at ninety fourth overall is Jordy Nelson, mm-hmm. who I love. <laughs> Jordy is wonderful. How could you? And not? how could you not love Jordy Nelson, who literally once told uh, ESPN the magazine that he felt he was more of a farmer who played football <laughs> as a hobby yeah. than the other way around. Having said that. Here's a quote. I mean, obviously, last season, you know, didn't go well. He ended up being washed, which I think now gets bleeped out if we say this that. It's going to be a bleep as noise? part of the Drake deal. So, yeah. and uh, Stan instead of Fan, get the hell out oh, of I, here. I don't like my dad's name is Stan, either, so like I hate when people do that. What but that's neither here nor Stan there. Stan is my generation. 
Eminem, like that was like when I was in high school. Yeah, but that's, a, yeah. that's like a really dark thing. Too. That shouldn't just anyway. Jim's a Drake stand. You know, you know, Jim party with Drake once in L.A. That was I did. Um, I went to said it wasn't. Cool. Jim, do you want to tell us Very about cool that? Cool guy. Yeah, I'll tell about it later. All right, next episode. <laughs> uh, it's a cliffhanger. Okay, I don't have to tell you guys that Jordan Nelson didn't have a good season, but let me tell you what John Gruden said about bringing him in, which was weird and controversial to replace him with Michael Crabtree. Quote from Dan, uh, ESPN's Dan Graziano. Quote, Gruden told me veteran Jordy Nelson was brought in, in part to help Amari Cooper elevate his game. It seems clear that Gruden and the Raider coaches want to lean on Cooper as a star of the passing game and work off that. Mm -hmm. Literally, John Gruden is like, I like Jordy. I can't do the Gruden voice, but I like that Jordy Nelson and like is just, I want to give him a role model because Amari Cooper uh, needs one. Basically, intrinsically saying, didn't think had good role models to look at to be professionals, and that's why Jordan Nelson's there. Hmm. And combine that with his lack, I can't think of a, a more untouchable person at that space than Jordy Nelson. So you're you're down on Nelson, though, in the fantasy realm? Yeah, because I, I think he's, he's just... I, I want him to be good, and I want Jordy Nelson to succeed beyond his Packers days, but, like, I think his knees... I don't think he's quite the same player he was. Mm. He's going down in obviously in terms of quarterback and he's being projected that I'll have some base layer of volume. And right. I kind of think of it more. He's there to be a professional and kind of establish the culture Gruden wants, mm -hmm. which usually you do with like your third string tight end. And <laughs> is, that's usually, you know, coach bring there and they bring their long snapper and they bring their special teams yeah. guys that. And yeah, he's up. He actually is up there in ADP. He's like, it, it's too yeah, high. It's and it's because he's a really cool name that used to go 15th overall. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. purely it. Next, deterred. He's not like a hot name, but I'm just looking at his ADP right now, and I'm like, this is kind of ridiculous. But Terrell Pryor, <laughs> he, I don't think. He, I'm sorry. I just, it's so funny to me. Like the Terrell Pryor, I was really stoked on Terrell Pryor after he had a thousand yards with the Browns last year. He obviously did not have a great year last year, and then he signed on with the Jets, and he's kind of a wild card. It just seems like everybody <laughs> hates him. He's on pace for the... On a, he's underrated on pace for the weirdest career of anyone in right? recent memory, maybe yeah. in any sport, because you're talking about a guy who had the traditional Kenny play quarterback, actually switches to wide receiver, is incredible Like immediately, like yeah. 16 months after he made the switch. He's like a thousand-yard guy, amazing. Uh, messes up his contract situation, plays on a prove-it deal, breaks his foot, and then suddenly everyone on the— he leaves Washington, and the Everyone's Redskins players trash. literally are talking about, like, they said four months ago, when we do joint practices, he's going to catch an elbow to the ribs. <laughs> and then these fights break out, and people are like, oh, why are all the fights breaking out? It's because they hate Terrell Pryor. Well, his own coach doesn't seem to like him either. Here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> I firmly believe that my fantasy team needs locker room chemistry. Mm -hmm. And I cannot bring <laughs> Terrell okay. Pryor. I don't know how he's going to interact <laughs> with the other players on my team. And, yeah. like, I can't mm. – it's not just about picking players, DK. This is, like, something I always talk about. You can't just – you need a team. You need oh, a fantasy okay. team that loves each other. Um, I wanna, okay, Terrell that, Pryor will disrupt that's, that. That's not me, but I'm just looking at the <laughs> ADP, like, the guys that he's getting picked above right now. And I'm I'm way I would – I would way rather take, like, a Dante Pettis. Or a Mike Wallace. Like, those guys actually have what I can see at a role. I don't even know if Pryor is going to make the team at this point. I It's going to be interesting. So he's yeah. the guy that I'm just like, ah, I'm out on that. Yeah, that's uh, – I'm with you there. Uh, last one, Marta uh, John Gruden – because while well, I'm on Raiders receivers, John Gruden called Martavis the White Tiger. 
Okay. And what I do an elaborate, an elaborate sense? quote from John Gruden. I used to go to Bush Gardens in Tampa. We called Joey Galloway the White Tiger in Tampa. You go to Bush Gardens, they got a White Tiger. Thirteen times I went to Bush Gardens. The White Tiger was always in his cage. Well, the White Tiger what came the out hell today. Is he Bryant came about? out, and then he's there's like a pause, and he's like, I don't know if you get that analogy, <laughs> but sometimes he comes out to play, and sometimes he doesn't. It's good to see him because when he's really special, he's like the White Tiger. Oh my gosh! Um, first of all, did you know that was my uh, that was nickname, nickname in college. Yeah, okay. I can um, see that. I was, yeah, a T. Gray Blanco. <laughs> but yeah, out on out on the T-Gray White Tiger Blanco. this year. In on Amari Mar- Cooper. All right, fair uh, enough. Anyway, so before we new- move on to the next segment, let's take a quick break. This NFL season, be your GM. Be a winning GM. Turn this season into a fistful of epic wins, a whole fistful, by joining a Yahoo Fantasy Football League. Yahoo has spent the offseason making serious upgrades to enhance your experience. Like, as Riley McAtee will soon talk about, the opportunity for points per first down. Upgrades like easier scoring, new trophies, and a buttery smooth app experience. So when you come to play fantasy football on Yahoo, the wins are as epic as the season is long. But to get in on the wins, you have to get in on the season. Yahoo Fantasy is also the only app where you can manage all of your season-long and daily fantasy teams in one place. Create or join a league now at yahoo.com slash football. That's yahoo.com slash football. Now we are joined by the ringer's white tiger, Riley McAtee. <laughs> Hello! Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so Riley is... Both of our editors, uh, which we were actually going to have a Danny-only guest policy, but oh, we yeah, made an exception because right. <laughs> Riley manages all the Dannys at the ringer. That's true. So I feel like, well, two out of the three Dannys. We have a lot of Dannys here. That's true. It's a Danny-centric <laughs> company. Um, I feel like you guys have to have an exception for guests, though. Otherwise, <sighs> what are you going to do? Only Dannys? We're going to run out it, real we're, fast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. But uh, Riley, we had to have Riley here because Riley is... As after jerseys, which is his main NFL uh, obsession, uh, fantasy football scoring aficionado. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm known for my fashion sense. And you actually, <laughs> you actually came up with I like no noble like I think the best idea I've heard in fantasy probably in like five years. Well, other like other people have floated out the idea of point per first down, but it hasn't really caught on. It's like a very nerdy kind of statty thing (laughs) but it stemmed from there's a conversation about ppr versus standard scoring i've never liked ppr i feel like you're just awarding a guy for a reception but when a player catches a pass he gets points based on the yards that he gets so if you give him points just for the reception alone you're creating this extremely arbitrary, wonky metric to try and bring balance and bring more points into it that doesn't right. make sense to me. So like, you don't like when guys get a swing pass or whatever, or a, a screen pass and don't get any yards and they still get points? Exactly, and, exactly. <laughs> as, yeah. you, as you pointed out in the piece you wrote for great website, theringer.com. Well, a uh, great website. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but you can catch a pass behind the line of scrimmage, lose yards, and get points, which is ridiculous. And Bill Simmons on his pod this week had a whole, when he had Matthew Barry on, had yeah. a whole rant against PPR yeah. where I didn't know there were crotchety old men who played fantasy in the late 1980s. I didn't but it know was there nice were people to, that didn't like PPR like until I met Riley. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, so it's a very convincing argument, and it was trying to bridge the gap between when you see, you, we were watching fantasy football, or sorry, we're watching real football, tracking fantasy, and you're like, how do you get 20 receptions or whatever, and that doesn't count for anything. And then PPR right. was introduced, and... 
now it's kind of swung the other way and that you're suddenly third and ten and you're rooting for your running back to catch a swing pass for two yards. That is, yeah. That so is explain now why first downs is a better better thing to reward. So it fixes most of the issues that people have in standard scoring. It increases just points overall, which people think is more fun. I don't really buy that more scoring is inherently more fun, oh, but it I changes do. it. <laughs> it changes the strategy a little. Uh, and, you know, it evens out the running back, wide receiver, tight end positions with quarterback scoring. So it's not just like, hey, who has the best quarterback each week? Or it also evens that out with touchdowns. It's not like, hey, if your guy scored the most touchdowns, because there just aren't that many other points to be gotten in standard scoring. And those are the things that PPR tries to address. That's part of the reason that PPR has become really popular. But with PPFD, you're going to introduce a bunch of points because guys get first downs. The difference is, unlike a reception, a first down is actually valuable in real football. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we should start for. like success exactly. rate I, a little bit. That, yeah, That's the reason I, I fundamentally think that this is fantastic because it's you should be rooting for what happened what actually matters in the game and if it's third and ten yes you should want to get a first down you, if your player gets the first down you should be rooting for that not your player to get the ball at the line of scrimmage or whatever and you really are bridging the gap between what actually matters so who are some of the players that have gone unheralded in fantasy so far but are the higher risers in terms of getting first downs and who falls? um well like when I actually ran the numbers, it, it wasn't so heavily correlated with the guys who got the most first downs rose a bunch. Like the guys who got the most first downs were guys like Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley. All right, they're, they're scoring already, anyway. Yeah, they're already at the top of standard. They're already at the top of PPR, so they're going to be drafted first in all formats. It was the guys like like Jay Ajayi last year just didn't score a touchdown with the Dolphins. Didn't score a touchdown until he was traded to the Eagles. Oh yeah, but yeah. he rises up a bunch in PPFD scoring because he was still gaining first downs and it kind of evens out the uh, gap basically between his lack of touchdowns but his actual on-field his value. value yeah. yeah and like fantasy's always going to be bullshit basically <laughs> I mean we know that Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell are not the most valuable players in the NFL like if we were actually drafting on like, like advanced as value yeah. yeah the first 12 so, picks would be quarterbacks well, but they should it shouldn't be so wild that somebody like a Jordan Howard goes from being a top 15 player to being like a fourth round pick. But that's yeah. what happens when you in get PPR. PPR. So yeah. Let me, yeah. First of all, we don't have any PPR stands. Or we're, we're blocking out the word stands, right? That's getting bleeped. So we don't have any huge PPR fans here. So I'll make a devil's I advocate. I love PPR. Uh, you want to... I'm all about PPR. So, I will say, though, I read Riley's article and I was like, hey, this actually sounds kind of <laughs> cool. So uh, quick devil's advocate argument. You are basically saying that first downs are more representative of the overall game and what matters. Let me say, what if instead, for the 21st century and perhaps for all of football's existence, it has been trending toward not the forward pass or all these things, but more points? Because people like scoring and people like <laughs> points. And you know what? Fantasy football is the same thing. And if T Antonio Brown has 10 catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns, he could have 22 points. You know what's better than 22 points? 32 points. Okay. And you know what? It's random and arbitrary, but it makes me feel good. And <laughs> I turn on the news or I turn on anything. And you know what? Nothing makes me feel good anymore. But my fantasy football team can make me feel good. And why must you fight against more points, Riley? The, why do you hate happiness? Does more points make it more fun? I mean, like in that case, let's just give out points for 
everything. Let's do a point for <laughs> participation. For passing that completion. Like, that was yeah, the let's do, we'll do the participation year. fantasy football league. Everyone gets a trophy at the end too, and also your team scores a thousand points a game. By the way, Are in the you ringer like the league, this is like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. By the way, oh I think God. in the ringer league we get points for explosive like forty yard plus plays. Yeah, the oh ringer league like, last year was a travesty because you had point seven five PPR, absurd. which like yeah. I can't even imagine. Like it's like oh my God. I hope he was Sean was drunk when he made that thing. <laughs> it was um, wild. My my quick pitch is that in addition to that, if we are going to mirror it, that I think we're if quarterback is actually as deep as everyone says, that's ridiculous. If quarterback's the most position, most important position in all of sports, and everyone's like, "Oh, wait on it," there's so many good ones. We should at some point it should become two quarterbacks. You like standard yeah, super flex or whatever. I'd yeah. almost rather make eighteen leagues with bigger rosters and two quarterbacks standard. If if people aren't okay with ten, but like it's so crazy to me that everyone's like wait on quarterback. If there are twenty five quarterbacks that could start for you on a fantasy team in a given week, there should be two quarterbacks for every yeah. game. Uh, because it's stupid that like every uni- the only universal fantasy advice this year is don't take Aaron Rodgers. You know, in the thirties, right. that's dumb, and that is so far from how valuable. Wow, I disagree work. with that. I like Aaron Rodgers a lot this year. I think he's great. <laughs> Riley likes to be contrarian. I'm not even trolling. I actually like Aaron Rodgers. I'm using a keeper on him. Like, I will say that that's the thing. The one kind of counter argument to PPFD is that it doesn't really balance out receivers and running backs the way that PPR does. So the top of your draft, you're not going to be debating Le'Veon Bell versus Antonio Brown the way that you might in PPR. But my counter argument to that is... If you care about positional balance between running backs and wide receivers, then every person should be playing two Q, two QB leagues because it's the exact thing. It's like our best quarterback is going in the third, yeah. maybe the fourth round. It's like, crazy. Uh, no okay, so we have like a minute or two left. So quickly, we have to plot. How do we make the Ringer Fantasy Football League this year a PPFD league? With two QBs. We on, well, <laughs> that's going to be hard. But we only have a week. So how do we, how do we like infiltrate? I think you're going to have to take out Sean Yu and buy him some beers. <laughs> Just like a, I think, oh, I thought you would kill him. Oh, no, no. <laughs> we can't take him out. Jesus Christ. It's just fantasy. This is important. No, 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 no. Go get a margarita <laughs> in him and be like, hey, have you read TheRinger.com recently? Yeah, I love that. Let's or we can take him out. He's my co-owner of Fantasy Baseball. I've been wanting to take him, him out all If you serious. kill him, here's the one downside. Then, Danny, you're going to have to be commissioner. You're going to have to run the league. I'm not getting in, like not no, getting no. in Mallory's like, crosshairs. She she can just keep you know hating Sean, and, and we'll all be okay. That's the worst job at this company. <laughs> yeah. Fantasy Guys. football commissioner, yeah. by far the worst. I, it's harrowing to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Don't sign up for that. Uh, on that, okay, so we'll figure out a coup and or <laughs> yeah. a way to get him drunk, and we'll change our own rules. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's all we got. So, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening. DK, thanks. Riley, thank you for stopping by. Yeah. Thanks for having um, me. Jim, thanks for... Wrap uh, it up. <laughs> thank you, guys. See you next week. Thank you. But I'm just looking at his ADP right now, and I'm like, this is... Kind of ridiculous, but Terrell Pryor. <laughs> he, I don't think. He, I'm sorry. I just. It's so funny to me, like the Terrell Pryor. I'm sorry. That blew my doors off. I